Democrats remove Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committee assignments. The White House undercuts its own CDC director on reopening schools. And the Biden administration considers executive action again, this time to forgive student loan debt. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. protected at expressvpn.com slash Ben. All righty, so in a second, we're gonna get to all the news. First a reminder, you could be saving hundreds of bucks every single year on your cell phone provider. You are not because for some odd reason, you have not yet called up my friends over at Pure Talk USA. Here's the thing. Over a thousand of you, my extremely wise listeners, have already taken me up on this particular pitch. You've made the switch from your overpriced wireless carrier to Pure Talk over the past couple of months. What exactly are the rest of you waiting for? If you're with AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get the same great coverage because they use the exact same towers as one of the big carriers. And you can even keep your phone and your number, but you will save a fortune rather than paying all of those big wireless carriers an ungodly amount of money for the exact same coverage. If this sounds good, it gets even better because right now you can get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And what happens if you go over on that data? Well, they're not even going to charge you for it. So what exactly do you have to lose? Grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. When you do, you save 50% off your first month. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Alrighty, so the big story of the day yesterday, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the controversial first-term Republican congresswoman from Georgia, who has put up all sorts of social media posts over the past several years, expressing sympathy for a wide variety of weird conspiracy theories, ranging from questioning whether a school shooting took place and whether it was staged, to whether a plane really hit the Pentagon on 9-11, to whether Jewish space lasers had started wildfires in California. All of those are really wild conspiracy theories, except the last one, which I can neither confirm or deny. As a member of the Jewish Worldwide Conspiracy, I can't confirm or deny that our Jewish space lasers started the California wildfire Perhaps we were aiming for the Mullah's house in Iran and just missed. I mean, it's the other side. Our aim that day just was not good. In any case, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the congresswoman from Georgia, there was a debate inside the Republican caucus whether to strip strip her of her committee assignments. And I had suggested that it was worthwhile stripping her of her committee assignments and she could earn her way back into the good graces of leadership by not being crazy for like five seconds. Just give her a six-month probationary period and then you can restore her to her congressional assignments if you see fit. But at the very beginning, she has entered office on the wave of of nonsense about elections being stolen and quasi-sympathy for people who do bad things. And all like there's no reason why you'd give her a committee assignment, especially an unimportant committee assignment. Well, that didn't play out inside the Republican caucus, probably for a couple of reasons. One is there were a lot of people on the Republican side of the aisle who didn't like the image of the Republican Party taking Marjorie Taylor Greene, a big Trump supporter, off of her committees while simultaneously making sure that Liz Cheney would remain in House leadership. I didn't see why that was really a big problem, frankly. It seemed to me that that was actually the proper solution. And so the the sort of big tent prevailed. And the idea here was that, yeah, we'll let Marjorie Taylor Greene keep her committee assignments. And maybe down the road, she blows up and we remove her from the committee assignments. But she's not actually sinned while being a member of Congress yet because she was made a member of Congress five seconds ago. When she sins, maybe we'll remove her from her committee assignments because you actually have to do something bad as a congressperson as opposed to before you're a congressperson. And frankly, there's a fair bit of precedent for that. There are a lot of Congress people who have said crazy stuff before they were Congress people. They were not removed from their committee assignments. The truth is there are a lot of Congress people who have said insane things while they are Congress people and not been removed from their committee assignments. Cynthia McKinney, the former Congresswoman from Georgia, Democrat, who was rabidly anti-Semitic, conspiratorial, she retained all of her committee assignments when the Democrats 
had control of her committee assignments. Okay, so the Republicans make the decision not to remove Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committee assignments. I think that's the wrong call. But one thing is pretty clear from precedent and practice, and that is parties get to choose which members they want to be on particular committees. The majority does not get to choose for the minority which members of the minority party get to be on a particular committee. The majority comprises the majority in each committee, but they don't get to decide, okay, you know what? We don't like this Republican. We're not going to put them on this committee. Right? We just don't want, back in the day, Trey Gowdy on the Judiciary Committee, so we're not going to put him on the Judiciary Committee. We're not going to let that happen. We're instead going to force him to go to the Commerce Committee. Right? That, that's not something that has historically been done. It is the job of each party to decide which of its members sit on particular committees. Well, yesterday, the Democrats, because they have basically decided that all norms are out the window, they are just going to cram down whatever it is they want to cram down. Again, I can believe that Marjorie Taylor Greene should not be on these committees, but it is not the job of the majority in the House to tell the minority in the House which people it can put on particular committees. That is a violation of every norm and every rule so far that we know about when it comes to House committee assignments. Nonetheless, Democrats went ahead and they did this last night. The House voted Thursday to strip Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committee assignments, according to CBS News. All Democrats and 11 Republicans voted for the measure, despite Republican leader Kevin McCarthy's opposition to it. It is worth noting at this point, by the way, that Liz Cheney, right, who does not like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Liz Cheney, who voted for impeachment, she came out and she said, it's ridiculous that Democrats are doing this, right? She, she believes the same that I do, the same that I think a lot of Republicans do, which is Marjorie Taylor Greene, maybe a fringy, crazy kind of person, but it is not the job of the majority in the House as a full body to decide which members of the minority party get to sit on which committee. Liz Cheney put out a statement. She said, Republicans are not the party of QAnon conspiracy theorists, white supremacists, Holocaust deniers, or neo-Nazis. These views are evil. Representative Green has espoused opinions that have no place in our public discourse. It is our responsibility as Republicans to address these issues inside our own conference. Speaker Pelosi and the Democrat majority have no business determining which Republicans sit on committees. This vote today sets a dangerous precedent for this institution that Democrats may regret when Republicans regain the majority. Well, that is definitely true. Now, just as the Democrats came to regret Harry Reid's decision to nuke the judicial filibuster when Mitch McConnell decided, you know what, it's nuked. We're just going to ram through a bunch of Trump nominees. Democrats are going to live to regret the decision where they were going to start telling which Republicans could be on particular committees. Because when Republicans retake the House in two years, which frankly, they have a good shot at doing, when that happens in two years, by January 2023, they are going to be deciding which Democrats ought to sit on which particular committees. CBS News says, Although some Republicans have rebuked Green, there's been opposition to stripping her of committee assignments, which carry power since bills are crafted in committee. Democrats have slammed her seat on the Education and Labor Committee in particular, given Green's previous promotion of conspiracy theories related to the Parkland and Newtown school shootings. Mac McCarthy said on Wednesday he unequivocally opposed Green's comments, but accused Democrats of a power grab. On Thursday ahead of the vote, McCarthy said the resolution creates, quote, a dangerous new standard that will only deepen divides. That, of course, happens to be correct. There were a handful of Republicans who broke with the party. That is mostly Republicans who are in competitive districts, like heavily purple districts or heavily blue districts. People like Nicole Maliotakis in, in New York uh, and John Katko from New York, Adam Kinzinger from Illinois, Young Kim of California, who just started Maria Elvira Salazar of Florida down here in Florida. Congressional Democrats have been, of course, attempting to tie all the House Republicans to green. Their implication is if you don't allow them to push Green out of her committee assignments, then this means that you are in favor of what Green said. That, of course, is not true in any way, shape, or form. You can think Republicans should have done it inside their own caucus, but you don't get to decide as Democrats who Republicans put on their particular committees. And so this all kicked off yesterday with Marjorie Taylor Green getting on the floor of the House 
and essentially apologizing for all of the crazy stuff that she had posted over the past several years. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, let's talk about the simple fact that if you've got a medical issue, you really ought to just go get it fixed. A lot of people, they get embarrassed about particular medical issues, and then they just don't get it fixed. They just let it sit there and, and they, they just wait on it and it doesn't get better. You need to go get a medical issue fixed if you have a medical issue. That is particularly true when you're talking about embarrassing medical issues like erectile dysfunction. Well, with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and simple and discreet. One less thing you have to worry about on Valentine's Day. For a limited time, get up to 35 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. Order by 210, that is February 10th, for guaranteed delivery by Valentine's Day. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Ben to get started. That is GetRoman.com slash Ben. Again, taking care of medical issues, shouldn't be anything embarrassing about that. But if it's a medical issue and you don't really feel like going into a doctor or talking about it really all that much, well, why not just do all of this online and get the treatment that you need? Go to GetRoman.com slash Ben to get started. That is GetRoman.com dot com slash Ben. All right. So the entire event kicked off yesterday with Marjorie Taylor Greene going down to the floor of the house. She was wearing a mask that read on it free speech. And uh, she says that uh, she was, quote unquote, allowed to believe things that aren't true. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but here was Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday. Throughout 2018, because I was upset about things and didn't trust the government, really, because the people here weren't doing the things that I thought they should be doing for us the things that I just told you I cared about. And I want you to know a lot of Americans don't trust our government, and that's sad. The problem with that is, though, is I was allowed to believe things that weren't true, and I would ask questions questions about them and talk about them. And that is absolutely what I regret. Okay, so she says that, you know, there are a lot of people who believe conspiracy theories these days because they don't trust people in power. There's some truth to that. She says that she regrets believing in these conspiracy theories. And then she continues along these lines. She admits that 9-11 happened, of course, and that the, the plane hit the Pentagon. Uh, and she uh, slams the media as well. Here, here was Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday on the floor of the House. I also want to tell you 9-11 absolutely happened. I remember that day crying all day long watching it on the news. And it's a tragedy for anyone to say it didn't happen. And so that I definitely want to tell you, I do not believe that it's fake. What shall we do as Americans? Shall we stay divided like this? We, will we allow the media that is just as guilty as QAnon of presenting truth and lies to divide us? Okay, so yeah, th- this sort of stuff did not endear her to, uh, to the Democrats. We're going to kick her out anyway. The truth is that the Democrats and the media have been eager for Marjorie Taylor Greene to become a household name, right? She's a first-term backbencher. She was just elected in a, in a kind of more rural district. The idea that she is in any way indicative of the base of the Republican Party is kind of silly. But the media have decided that she is indeed indicative of the entire Republican Party. And again, this is nothing new. This is something the media have been doing, in fact, my entire lifetime. I remember when they, they took a, a, senator, a senator candidate named Todd Akin and they made him a national issue. Uh, I remember when they took Christine O'Donnell, they made her a national issue. They, any Republican who ever says anything crazy anywhere across the land immediately becomes a referendum on all Republicans. Any Democrat who says something crazy is immediately contextualized by members of the media. So members of the media were, were unconvinced. So Jake Tapper on CNN, he says, you know, I, no, I don't, I don't buy any of this. I just, I just don't buy it. So here's the, here's the thing. You're allowed to not buy it. You're allowed to think that she is just BSing it and that the apology isn't real. But as we will see, there's a massive double standard here because it turns out 
And when it comes to the Democrats, if you're a Democrat who believes radically conspiratorial crap, if you're an anti-Semite inside the Democratic Party, the entire media will rush to your defense headlong. And they won't even require an apology of you for your anti-Semitic comments in the past. So here's Jake Tapper saying he doesn't buy any of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's routine. I don't buy any of it because I have eyes and ears. And as you know, this is about something bigger than Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, who was just, you know, a frivolous person who, uh, and not a serious person who says horrible things. It's about how much the Republican Party is willing to embrace this and mainstream it. Okay, again, I'm, I'm just wondering when CNN and Jake Tapper are going to point out and, and acknowledge that the Democratic Party has embraced an extraordinary number of kooks in their own party. How many members of the Democratic Party have met with Louis Farrakhan, who's like the worst anti-Semite in America? Many. The answer is many, 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 many. And including, by the way, you know, the, for, the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, used to hang with Jeremiah Wright, and, and Jeremiah Wright was good friends with Louis Farrakhan. In any case, don't, don't worry. The kookery is only on one side, according to the media. CNN's Nia Malika Henderson says, I don't believe this either. She's still queuing on. It sounds like she's still QAnon. I mean, I think what we don't understand about conspiracy theories uh, and theories, if we're not in them, is the ways in which they talk and maybe dog whistle certain things that we don't necessarily understand because we're not knee deep in them. I think what's dangerous about this moment is she's still a conspiracy theorist, but she's sort of wrapping it in the language of conservative talk. Okay, so she's still, we don't believe her, in other words. Right. Yeah, she got on the floor and yeah, she apologized. But we don't believe again, you are perfectly entitled to not believe Marjorie Taylor Greene. Right. It's a free country. You can believe whatever you want. You are not allowed to say that you don't believe Marjorie Taylor Greene's apology, but you definitely believe that Ilhan Omar has learned her lesson on anti-Semitism. Rashida Tlaib has learned her lesson on anti-Semitism and the, and the Democratic Party is completely innocent. So the Democratic Party trotted out Ilhan Omar, who is a rabid anti-Semite. Okay, she's not made a lot of bones about this. She's a rabidly anti-Jew human being, okay? And Ilhan Omar says, you know, removing MTG, that's what is Marjorie Taylor Greene, that is what we are as a democracy. Yes, I know. What, what we are as a democracy is people get elected to Congress, and then other members of Congress strip their committee assignments from the opposing party in a norm-breaking move that has very little precedent in American history. That sounds like what we are as a democracy. Here, here's Ilhan Omar. This is not about one member, this is about who we are as a body and what we are as a democracy. This is about whether it is acceptable to cheer on and encourage an insurrection against our basic democratic process. As a survivor of civil conflict and civil war, I know political violence and political rhetoric does not go away on its own. This is about whether or not we will continue to be a peaceful and functioning democracy. Okay, just a, a couple of notes here. One, Democrats talking about maintaining a peaceful and functioning democracy. My 10-month-old baby is old enough to remember when Democrats were cheering on riots. I mean, it, that was not very long ago. Okay, that was the middle of the summer. And Democrats, Kamala Harris was trying to bail out rioters. She tweeted out a bail fund for people who were engaging in, in violent acts. Okay, this is this is... The double standard here, again, is what's killing the United States. It's double standards that kill the United States because it is one thing to hold the standard, and we may not like the standard, but at least it's held evenly. When the standard is applied to one side but not the other, that is a completely different thing. But put that aside, Ilhan Omar talking about how people need to be pulled off committee because of bad things that they have said in the past. Ilhan Omar 
saying this? Okay, let me just remind you. Ilhan Omar wrote a letter to a judge suggesting that a person who tried to join ISIS should be given a lenient sentence because America is filled with systemic racism. Ilhan Omar tweeted, forget about before she was in Congress, she tweeted while she was in Congress about how APAC was paying American Congress people in order to be pro-Israel. Right? It's all about the Benjamins, is what she tweeted. She accused American Jews of possessing, of possessing dual loyalty to Israel and the United States. Before she was in Congress, right, as long as we're going to go with the before in Congress standard, which is what they're using now with Marjorie Taylor Greene, she accused Israel of hypnotizing the world. She still supports the boycott, divestment, and sanctions campaign against Israel, which is anti-Semitism. She submitted a resolution in the House of Representatives that compared boycotting Israel to boycotting the Nazis, according to the Jerusalem Post. And because there was a whole move inside Congress to prevent BDS on college campuses. And she immediately said, no, no, no. Boycotting Israel is like boycotting the Nazis. I mean, that's, that is Ilhan Omar. And, and how, did she ever apologize? In fact, not only did she not apologize for that, not only did she not apologize for that, she went on CBS this morning and she said, I don't regret any of those comments. I don't. Re I regret how people took them, which is always, a, a, I, that, that's one of my favorite apologies is, I, I really apologize for how you took that. Wait, you're apologizing for me? I didn't do anything wrong. I just properly interpreted your comments. Here's Ilhan Omar not apologizing just a, just a little while ago. Oftentimes there are uh, things that you might say might not hold weight for you, but to someone else, right? The way that we hear um, and consume information is very different than how the next person uh, might. So you don't regret your words either? I do but not, but I have gotten the, I, I am grateful um, for the opportunity to really learn how my words made people feel um, and have taken uh, every single opportunity I've gotten um, to to make sure that people understood um, that I, I apologize for it. And would I you never, like people to, would I you, never would really you like to want make it clear to, that you were not anti-Semitic? Oh, certainly not. Oh, certainly not. Certainly not. She was never anti-Semitic, guys. No, no. Neither was Rashida Tlaib, by the way. Neither was Rashida Tlaib, who has flirted with the blood libel over and over again, right? She, earlier this year, she had to delete a tweet in which she she retweeted a tweet suggesting that Jews had had kidnapped a seven-year-old Palestinian child and thrown him down a water well. It turns out that he had just slipped and he had fallen into a well and died there. But she retweeted that. That was not the first time. Rashida Tlaib, a well-respected member of the Democratic Party, tweeted that Israel, quote, unjustly oppresses and targets Palestinian children after a Palestinian rocket attack against Israeli civilians. She compared Israel to Nazi Germany, which is a form of anti-Semitism. In December... After an anti-Semitic shooting at a kosher deli in New Jersey, you remember that? This is this is just a couple of years ago. She rushed to condemn white supremacy. The attacker happened to be a member of the Black Hebrew Israelites. She later deleted that. So Rashida Tlaib, yeah, she the, so many joys inside the, the Democratic Party. And by the way, how are they treated inside the Democratic Party? You've got the entire Republican Party infrastructure pointing out that Marjorie Taylor Greene does not represent them. Does not. The entire Democratic Party rushed to Ilhan Omar's defense. There was an attempt to push a censure vote on Ilhan Omar this is like only a couple months, by the way, after Kevin McCarthy stripped Steve King of his committee assignments. I mean, just a few months later, Ilhan Omar was brought up for a possible censure vote, and Democrats decided instead to pass a resolution condemning every bad thing in the universe. We're not going to name Ilhan Omar. We're just going to say bad things are bad. Would you like to sign on to our resolution? And then Nancy Pelosi was on the cover of Rolling Stone with Ilhan Omar. I mean, come on. Come on. If you want to make the case that Republicans are the party of Marjorie Taylor Greene, again, that case is a lot weaker 
than the case that Democrats are the party of Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, considering the amount of defense they have placed in these two people. Minimum. I mean, there are other people in Congress who are extraordinarily radical on the Democratic side as, as well. But here is the point. The double standard is what the Democrats are living off of right now. It's what the media are living off of right now. My favorite thing here is that Republicans point this out. We point out that, look, Marjorie Taylor Greene, in my opinion, should have been stripped of her committee assignments by the Republicans. Democrats don't get to do this from the top level of the House of, of Representatives. By the way, again, when Republicans take the House in 2022, I promise you the first move they will make is to strip Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib of their committee assignments. Ilhan Omar is a rabid anti-Semite who sits on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. In any case, the media, immediate, their move here is not to say, oh yeah, you're right, You know, both sides really should purge themselves of the members who are unrepresentative of their viewpoints and, and who traffic in conspiracy theories and traffic in, in Jew hatred. Really, both parties should do that. Instead, the media are like, how dare you compare Ilhan Omar with Marjorie Taylor Greene? Here is Seth Meyers, Democratic hack, pseudo-comedian, saying you can't, you can't equate the two. Listen to this defense. It's unreal. But I have to say the most vile defense of Greene I saw today came from Republicans and Fox News, which repeatedly tried to equate her with Minnesota Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. And, hmm, let's see, one wants Medicare for all, and the other thinks a Jewish space laser starts wildfires. Seriously, what's wrong with you? There's no equivalence, and any attempt to create one is disgusting and racist. That is amazing content there from Seth Meyers. First of all, comedianing, excellent comedianing there from, from Seth Meyers. Also, gonna just point out, no one's angry at her because she wants Medicare for all. People have been angry at her because she hates Jews. That would be the reason that people have been angry at Ilhan Omar. And meanwhile, Don Lemon doing the same thing on CNN. Journalisming up to wazoo. So much journalisming. The hot journalism getting everywhere. Here's Don, Don Lemon being an objective journalist. Instead, we get false equivalency and both sizes, both sizes them. With the ridiculous claim that Democrats like Ilhan Omar are somehow the same as Marjorie Taylor Greene. Remember that happened with Ilhan Omar? Republicans were outraged. She had to apologize. Marjorie Taylor Greene has not apologized. Marjorie Taylor Greene endorsed executing Democrats, executing them. None of those Democrats have ever said anything remotely like that. Um, well, mm, I mean, if we're talking about Democrats who have accused, who have used inflammatory language that has ended with you know, actual violence. I can name a kind of a big Democrat who said some things about how Republicans wanted people to die and then a bunch of Congress people got shot one year late to death. I can, I can talk about that. I can talk about Democrats who made excuses for violent activity during the summer. That is a thing that happened like a fair bit during the summer. But John Lemon, look at that journalism. Just amazing journalism right there. Okay, in a second, we're gonna get to the Biden administration which is trusting the science. They're, they're very interested in trusting the science, except that they, they don't trust the science. We'll get to that in just one second. First, in the next few months, our government, our government will be hiring personnel for critical positions. They're filling roles. Any roles can be difficult. You know, any, anytime you're, you're hiring up, whether it's the government, whether it's your company, filling these roles, it can be very difficult. You need to find the right people for the job. The fastest, easiest way to do that is indeed ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. The economy is going to move into high gear this summer. There are going to be a lot of people looking for jobs. You want only the best people to actually apply for your job. Those are the people that you want. And if you're a person who's looking for a job, you only want to apply at the best companies. ZipRecruiter is the place to do it. When you post your job, ZipRecruiter sends it out to over 100 top job sites with one click. Then their powerful matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job. 
actively invites them to apply. So you're going to get qualified candidates fast. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. See for yourself right now. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. If you're ready to build your team for 2021, head on over to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. ZipRecruiter. It is indeed the smartest way to hire. Okay, so meanwhile, the Biden administration kicking into high gear. One of the beautiful things about having a media that's willing to cover for you on all available fronts is that you can be unbelievably crappy at your job on a regular basis, and the media will just continue to pretend that everything you say is is in, is just truthful beyond belief. So the entire media, upon Trump's exit, the entire media swiveled into, we have now entered the period of oh, science, choir from heaven, science. Right, like angel wings and a light coming, people backlit. It was, it was amazing, right? The science was here and everybody in the Biden administration loves science. They love it. They love science so much that boys can be girls, girls can be boys and babies before they are born are actually just clusters of cells you can flush down a toilet. Other than that, they are super into science. They're like science-y McScience face. They're Bill Nye the science guy, except if he actually had, you know, like a higher level science degree. But they are just amazing. Like science, up, and especially with COVID, because Trump, that guy, he sucked on COVID. We know he was bad on COVID because he said crazy stuff all the time. I mean, sure, he had like, you know, the same exact plan that Joe Biden did about vaccine rollout. And sure, Operation Warp Speed did end with the creation of a vaccine in record time. And, and sure, the Democrats were most praised by the media. It turns out kind of sucked at their jobs. Sure, it turns out that, that Andrew Cuomo, the anti-Trump, ends up not only being a garbage governor of the state of New York, but perhaps a criminal in covering up the number of nursing home deaths. But now, listen, things changed. Okay, January 20th, the, the skies opened, the rays of light came down, and Sir Isaac Newton holding hands with Albert Einstein, holding hands with the greatest of all doctors, Joe Biden, came down from heaven and brought us to science. Right, so how's that era of science going, guys? Going great, is it? Mm-hmm. So you'll recall that over the past 48 hours, Joe Biden's CDC director, right, his CDC director, whose name is Rochelle Walensky, was on a live stream, right? It was, it was a CDC presser. This was a CDC presser that was being live streamed by MSNBC. And the CDC director said that teachers do not need to be vaccinated in order for schools to open. Now, I remember during the Trump administration, the claim was that Trump kept undermining his public health officials. How dare he ever, or anyone in the administration ever, contradict the all-wise, all-knowing, all seeing Anthony Fauci, who has only switched positions on masking more than the Kama Sutra does on sex. How dare anybody ever put out data or theories that are contrary to the, to the all-knowing eye that was Dr. Anthony Fauci? And the claim was that Trump was routinely doing, he was undermining his own public health officials. Was he a doctor? He didn't get to undermine public health officials. Okay, so Rochelle Walensky, Dr. Rochelle Walensky is the CDC director. Here she was like 48 hours ago saying, you know, teachers don't need to be vaccinated in order for schools to open. There is increasing uh, data to suggest that schools can safely reopen and that that safe reopening does not um, uh, suggest that teachers need to be vaccinated in order to reopen safely. So while we are implementing um, the criteria of the advisory committee and of the state and local um, guidances to get 
uh, vaccination across these eligible uh, communities. I would also say that um, safe reopening of schools is not, um, that vaccination of teachers is not a prerequisite for safe reopening okay. of schools. Now, you may notice something in this clip. If you're watching this visually, you may notice something. Behind Dr. Rochelle Walensky is a, is a step and repeat. The step and repeat is uh, a logo. The logo says upon it, CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Okay, so here is the problem. What she said, which is that teachers don't need to be vaccinated, cuts against what a lot of the union heads are saying. Because the union heads, they don't care about the science. They care about being able to get their union members paid without those people ever having to work. Because unions are generally in the business of doing things that are less profitable for companies. And when it comes to public sector unions, things that jack the taxpayer and, and get their union members more benefits. That is what unions are in the business of doing. That is why they exist to negotiate. Okay, they do not exist to make businesses more efficient. They do not exist in the public sector in order to make the public sector more efficient or to serve the, the taxpayers. That is not what unions exist to do. They are in opposition to those things. Okay, so the unions come out and they're like, no, we need teachers vaccinated. There, there are certain teachers unions over the past week who have been saying we need students vaccinated, which is crazy considering the CDC has not greenlit the vaccine for small children. You can't vaccinate in the United States, I believe legally, kids who are like seven or eight years old. So Jen Psaki is, is asked about this. The great, how refreshing, according to Brad, super refreshing. The most refreshing, like, like the fresca of, of press secretaries over at the White House. Jen Psaki, who only used to lie professionally for the State Department. Now she lies professionally for the entire White House, which is exciting. And so she, she gets up there at the White House and she is asked about the CDC director saying a thing that contradicts one of the Democrats' chief constituencies, teachers' unions. Because right? again, the teachers' unions, they don't like the actual science. So Jen Psaki is asked, you know, you know, that CDC director, she said that teachers can go back to work, you know, without having been vaccinated. That's not a prerequisite. So how does Jen Psaki respond to this? Well, by lying. The president, uh, let me be crystal clear, wants schools to open. He wants them to stay open. Um, and that is, and he wants to do that safely. And he wants health and medical experts to be the guides for uh, how we should do exactly that. So we're just not, she, uh, the, the, uh, Dr. Walensky um, spoke to this uh, in her personal capacity. Obviously, she's the head of the CDC, but we're going to wait for the final guidance to come out so we can use that as a guide for schools around the country. In her personal capacity? She's literally doing a CDC press conference in that tape I played for you, sitting in front of the logo of the CDC. It's a hell of a personal capacity. It's not like she was at a PTA meeting or something. It wasn't like she was at dinner with Jen Psaki. He's like, what do you think, doctor? She's like, well, you know what I think. I think teachers don't need vaccination. That would be the personal capacity. When you sit in front of the CDC sign and you say that thing in the middle of a CDC press conference, pretty sure that's the science and pretty sure that right now Jen Psaki is pushing crap. Because that's what they do over at the White House. So one intrepid reporter actually asked Jen Psaki a question. And honest to God, send this person a bottle of wine. Because when a reporter, when any reporter asks an actual question to Jen Psaki, that person should be rewarded. Okay, we need to incentivize good behavior by reporters. It's like a Pavlovian response. We need to send bottles of wine to reporters who actually ask serious questions of this administration, since most of them are too busy bootlicking the administration. So some reporter, not sure which one, Okay, some reporter asks Jen Psaki, um, you know, question, if you have to choose between teachers unions and the students, who does the administration choose? This is a good question because the teachers unions right now are striking effectively against the students in, in direct contravention of the actual science. Here was Jen Psaki's response to this intrepid reporter. 
if it comes down to a binary choice, who would the president choose, the kids or the teachers? I, I think that's a little bit unfair how you pose that question, but I will say the president believes schools should be open, teachers want schools to be open, families want schools to be open, but we want to do it safely. And I'm not sure that any parent in this country would disagree with wanting their kids to go to school in a safe environment where there's ventilation, where proper precautions are taken, whether it's masks or social distancing, and that's his priority. Oh, so his priority is to avoid the question is what you're saying. It, it, I can't believe you asked the question that. Nope. That question is precisely posed. Okay, that question is exactly correct. The teachers' union is framed right. The teachers' unions are striking against the students right now in contravention of the science. By the way, you know who agrees with this? The queen of science over in Chicago has finally realized that, wait a second, I made that video right after the election talking about the glories of science, and then I've spent the last several weeks kowtowing to the teachers' unions. Maybe I should actually stand up for the science. So here are what that question, I, I, Jen Psaki's like, that's an idle question. The teachers want the same things as the, as the students. <laughs> Here is uh, Lori Lightfoot saying, nope, the teachers don't want the same thing as the students. They're breaking the system because they because the teachers unions are being awful. Let me remind you of the over $100 million in mitigations that CPS has invested in our schools to make them safe. They included ventilation, testing, health screening, face coverings, enhanced cleaning, and other in-school safety measures. And as the expression goes, the proof is in the pudding. CPS had three weeks of successful implementation of these mitigation plans in our schools. That was until the CTU blew up that success and created chaos that we are now enduring. But don't worry, according to Jen Psaki, the unions are on exactly the same side as the students. We're all on the same side here, except for the, except for the teachers. This is like my favorite joke. What's the similarity between a cow and a plum? They're both purple except for the cow. Like, What's the similarity between the teachers' unions and, and the students? They both want to reopen the schools safely except for the teachers. I mean, like, it, it's pretty amazing. And by the way, speaking of the best science, nothing undercuts faith in the vaccine like what Jen Psaki said yesterday at the White House. So this has become a talking point, and it's the dumbest talking point I can imagine. It is so stupid. I, like, really. Here is Jen Psaki, White House press secretary yesterday, saying the thing that is most calibrated for people to say, I'm not going to bother getting the vaccine. Here it is right here. Part of uh, what we're also trying to do is make our health and medical experts available to ensure people understand, and I'll reiterate it here today, it's not just a vaccine, it's obviously a, an incredible medical breakthrough, um, and we want every American to have one. But even if you're va vaccinated, uh, social distancing, wearing masks are going to be essential, and we'll, we'll, we'll need to continue communicating about that through health and medical experts. So let me explain something to you. No. Okay, that's my explanation. No. No, we're not going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. Once people are vaccinated, they're just not going to do that. And you know what? They shouldn't do that because at a certain level, yes, is there a baseline risk that a few, a few, a vanishingly few people could get infected after they get vaccinated? Sure. But the baseline level of risk is at that point so unbelievably low that there is no rationale for continuing to keep society shut. None. There is no rationale for socially distancing. There is no rationale for mask wearing. That is not a thing. If you want to say that everybody for the future should always, under all circumstances, socially distance and mask with people who are over 80 in nursing homes, there is a better case for that than what you are saying post-vaccination. Israel just came out with a study. Okay, it is released by the Maccabee Health Healthcare Services. And here's what they found. As of Thursday, there have been over 416,000 people who have gotten the second Pfizer shot okay, in Israel. Here is the grand total number of people who have gotten COVID. 
254 out of 417,000 people, 254 people got COVID after getting that second shot. And zero of them had heavy conditions. Zero. Over the same period of time, out of 778,000 people in the control group, almost 13,000 new cases of COVID-19 emerged. That shows that the vaccine is 91% effective seven days or more after the second injection is administered. The whole point of people taking the vaccine, particularly if you are not at high risk of death from this thing, if you're under the age of 65 and in decent health, the only reason really that you are taking this is to prevent yourself from infecting people who are old or more importantly, so you can get back to regular life. We all know this. We all know this. So if you want to convince a bunch of healthy 40-year-olds not to take the vaccine, the best way to do that is to tell them that even if they take the vaccine, they have to continue doing this crap ad infinitum. It's not going to happen. Why she's pushing this point is absolutely beyond me. It's ridiculous. It is counterproductive. It is stupid. It is not scientifically backed. At a certain point, the, the risk level of COVID is low enough that we have to go back to our regular lives. COVID is not going to disappear. COVID is not going to be like the bubonic plague where it just doesn't exist really anymore. That's not going to be a thing. It will remain a baseline level of risk. And if that baseline level of risk is reduced by 90%, at that point, go to work. At that point, go to a concert, go to a baseball game. I will. After I get vaccinated, I plan on engaging in my regular life. And you know what? My parents who are verging on 65, they plan on doing the exact same thing. Because at that point, you know what? Life is filled with risks. The White House encouraging people to continue masking and socially distancing after they have the vaccine is nuts. It is nuts. And it is going to convince millions of people not to get the vaccine. Because if they're saying, okay, well, I don't even know what the risks of the, va the vaccine are two years from now. We don't have a longitudinal study or anything. So either I could go back to my regular life and not get the vaccine, or I could go back to my regular life and get the vaccine, or alternatively, and get the vaccine and not go back to my regular life, or not get the vaccine and not go back to my regular life. What if I, I'm just going to skip the risk? Unless I have an underlying risk. These geniuses with their science. Wow, amazing. In a second, I'm going to give you the most genius scientific move that I've seen from the Biden administration. This isn't even like the extent of it. We'll get to the final, the final ridiculous Biden administration move. Because remember, he's the president now. He's not just a candidate. He's responsible for the stuff that happens on his watch. So if Donald Trump was supposedly responsible for every death happening while he was president of the United States from COVID, that means that Joe Biden is now responsible for well over 50,000 deaths in the United States from COVID, right? That's the way the calendar works, according to the media. I don't think that's how it should work. That's how the media have treated it. We'll get to the Biden administration in just one second and the bureaucracy. First, it's February. Besides Groundhog Day, Valentine's Day, and the occasional 29th day, this is a pretty short month. Not a lot to write home about. Well, President's Day is nice as well, but there's one thing that you should be looking out for. You ready for this? Here we go. February. Hmm. That's right. Happy February. What does that mean? It's the time of the year to grow a beard. Correct. Please do yourself and all of us a favor. Do it in style. We don't need the like, straggly, weird beards that, that you see in like old Viking movies. We need awesome beards. I mean, we need, we need people who have beards that look great. That's why you need Beard Supply. They're running a promo right now on all of their beard oils. You can buy one, get a second one, 50% off. No promo code necessary. Just head on over to beardsupply.com to get the discount today. Beard oil not only moisturizes away the itch, it also nourishes that hair for a better looking beard overall. Let me just tell you, my friend Jeremy Boring, my business partner, he didn't always use Beard Supply. And he looked like a hobo. And now he uses Beard Supply. He looks much better. And he says it also makes his beard feel much better. Grab one today. Get a second one, 50% off, knowing these oils are all natural and all awesome for those whiskers, whether those whiskers be old or be they new. Visit BeardSupply.com right now to get the promo today. That is BeardSupply.com. 
beardsupply.com. Once more, beardsupply.com. Grab one today. Get a second one, 50% off at beardsupply.com. All righty, it's that glorious time of the week when I give a shout out to a Daily Wire member. Today, it is Lindsay Crochet on Instagram who has turned arts and crafts into truly fine art. In this picture, the world's greatest beverage vessel is resting next to a strikingly handsome character knitted out of yarn. Mm-hmm. The captions read, facts don't care about your feelings. Hashtag Ben Shapiro. Hashtag leftist tears tumbler. Nailed it. Well done. Thank you for the picture and for being a Daily Wire member. All right, this is it, people. Your chance to get 25% off a new Daily Wire membership with code RHF for Run, Hide, Fight. It is fading fast. Sign up today to watch our first feature film, Run, Hide, Fight. Run, Hide, Fight led our debut into the world of entertainment just a few weeks ago. It has an audience score of over 93% over at Rotten Tomatoes. The critics, they don't like it. Good, because the critics are all lefty woke jerks. Head on over to Run, Hide, Fight right now. You can only watch it at dailywire.com. If you want to watch it, use RHF. That's the code RHF for Run, Hide, Fight to get 25% off your membership today. This promo is only available through the weekend, so this would be your last chance. Use code RHF to get 25% off your membership at Daily Wire. Join us in the culture war today and enjoy the entertainment. While you're at it, you're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Okay, so... Here is the greatest Joe Biden, Biden administration COVID story of the day. You ready for this? So remember, one of the raps on Trump for a long time was his bureaucracy did a terrible job. That's true. The FDA did a terrible job. The FDA continues to be a largely garbage organization that does not do a good job in the United States. In fact, there was a story in the Washington Post just two days ago talking about how the FDA had completely missed the fact that there are heavy metals in baby food for like years. And the FDA didn't say anything about it, which is just fantastic because I probably fed my baby some of that food, as did pretty much everybody else on the planet. In any case, now it turns out that the FDA, right, the FDA is supposed to run all of these vaccines through its process. And they delay and they delay and they delay, right? They take forever to do this kind of stuff. So now we are learning that Johnson & Johnson is seeking emergency FDA authorization for single-shot coronavirus vaccine. That's going to be helpful, right? I mean, we're in the middle of a giant pandemic. Yes, the rates of transmission have dropped about 45% since their height, but they are still way above anything before October. So a single shot would be fantastic because that also means that you don't need as many doses. It means that you don't need to come back three weeks later. It means that the the period for developing immunity is much shorter. So Johnson & Johnson submitted its single shot coronavirus vaccine to U.S. regulators on Thursday afternoon for emergency use authorization. The submission is a pivotal step toward reducing the burden of disease for people globally and putting an end to the pandemic, said Paul Stoffels, chief scientific officer of Johnson & Johnson, in a statement. If the vaccine received regulatory clearance, it would be the third authorized shot in the United States. So that's exciting stuff, right? I mean, a single shot, big victory for for the world, big victory for the United States and for Johnson & Johnson. The FDA officials, they've announced that outside experts will discuss the vaccine at a public meeting three weeks from now on February 26th. Oh, busy are you? In the middle of a pandemic with 3,500 people dying a day. The FDA, I mean, they're really on top of their business at the FDA. Not like... I mean, I don't mean to bother you guys. I don't mean to like ring the bell over here and wake you guys up in the middle. It's like at like 11 o'clock in the morning. I know you're lazy, but like at a certain point, might you want to consider the possibility of an emergency use authorization for a single shot vaccine that could revolutionize our treatment of a of a horrifying disease that has shut down the entire world economy for a year? Could we bother you just for like a second? I know that you guys are super busy making sure that almond milk cannot actually be called milk. I know that that's like a big priority for you and that vegetarian meat should not be able to be called meat. Like, I get that these are like huge things, but at some point you might want to get around to, you know, authorizing for emergency use a vaccine so that people don't die. Is that too much to ask? 
I guess it's too much to ask. So really, slow clap for the bureaucracy. By the way, whose bureaucracy is that? I was informed that bureaucracy would be streamlined. It would be wonderful. Well, I checked the calendar and today's February 5th. Uh, and you know what that means? That means that Joe Biden has been president since January 20th. And that means that Joe Biden has been president for two weeks, more than two weeks. So um, anytime now, gang, like seriously, anytime you want to actually start having Joe Biden take responsibility for his administration would be just fantastic. Well done, Joe Biden's FDA. Really, really well done stuff. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, when we say something is free, it should mean, you know, free. No strings attached, no hidden costs, no fine print to decipher. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks monthly for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. Pure Talk saves the average family almost $1,000 a year. Plus, with Pure Talk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com Shapiro. Claim eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk myself for years at this point. They are excellent. They've got great coverage and they don't hate your guts. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and switch on over. And it... it by the way, I love how the media are just going to treat the Biden administration as though they are doing everything right while they continue to do everything wrong. That's just the way this is going to go for four long years. And it's, it's, it is truly amazing what they're going to be able to get away with in terms of bad policy. Cheered on, by the way, by pseudo-conservatives, as it turns out. David Brooks has one of the worst columns I have seen in recent memory. Okay, over at the New York Times. Remember that time that David Brooks was the in-house conservative at the New York Times? Now he's like Jennifer Rubin, the former in-house conservative at a major newspaper. He has a piece today in the New York Times called Biden is right to go big. This could be the moment of social repair. Oh, could it now? So he, here's what he says. He says, and he's correct, that the, the bill that Joe Biden is pushing forward right now, this $1.9 trillion pandemic relief bill is way too big. It is. It happens to be way too big by virtually every estimate. Economist Michael Strain of the American Enterprise Institute says there will be a $420 billion output gap in 2021 because of the pandemic. We're going to spend almost $2 trillion in order to fill that output gap. Right? This is a, even David Brooks acknowledges this. But I love this. Here's how David, this is how the entire media are just going to treat this stuff. It's all a big experiment, guys. And when we experiment, we have to be bold, bold with our experiments, says David Brooks. I'm impressed by the scale of the social crisis all around us. The Biden team is absolutely right to go big if we can use COVID as a pretext. Yes, this is the way it's going to go remold all of American society using COVID as a pretext. Why, why are people suspicious of what the government has to say on COVID when people are openly calling for them to use COVID as a pretext? Why are so many Americans suspicious of what the media and what government tell them on things like climate change when people openly say that the government should use climate change as a pretext? I cannot imagine. I love this. David Brooks says, if the experiment fails, we'll see a rise in inflation. We'll put ourselves under a crushing debt burden. We'll have sparked another bust in the boom and bust cycle. But... If the experiment succeeds, we'll have an economy that is growing faster than most economists thought possible 10 years ago. We'll see white hot labor markets, rising wages. We'll have taken a large step towards social repair. When your great nation is facing decline because of rising inequality, insecurity, distrust, and alienation, you don't just sit there. You try something big. Oh, okay. So I love that. Things are bad. You know what will help? This fire hose of cash that we don't have. 
And then we'll just cheer. And you know what? They'll get credit for having taken the risk of spending money that they don't have the right to spend from people who have not yet been born. This is the kind of treatment that Biden can expect for four long years. If you think that the populist turmoil that, is, that has been roiling the country for the last several years is going away anytime soon, it ain't. It ain't. And there's a good reason that it ain't. All righty. We will be back here today with an additional hour of the Ben Shapiro Show. But first, you cannot forget to end your week by watching The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew is officially back every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you. So head on over to dailywire.com this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern and tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Our associate producers are Rebecca Doyle and Savannah Dominguez. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright 2021. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew Clavin, host of The Andrew Clavin Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Clavin Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Clavin Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Clavin. Hey, everybody. 